Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Have your Bibles, please turn with me to Acts chapter 9. Just a couple of verses uh, that I want to make reference to in the message today. Uh, Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, reading from verse 10. So good to see you in church this morning. And uh, Wednesday night is going to be a prayer night. And uh, uh, we missed last, last month, this week. We're going to gather together. I want to encourage you to come. If you've never come to a prayer night, um, just come on, let's... We've got stuff on all the time. Let's, let's just, let's carve out some time in our schedule and let's be here together to pray and to seek God. Acts chapter 9, reading from verse 10. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias and the Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. It's more like Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that every time we open the Bible, Lord God, you speak to us. I thank you that your word is anointed. And I thank you that the principles outlined in the word have the capacity to transform our lives. And so today, as we dive into this word, I just just pray that our, our minds would be open to hear your voice above all else. Father, I just pray that as I share this word, I pray that you would anoint my lips, Lord God, um, and that you would anoint our hearts. Let there be a spirit of wisdom and revelation even as I share. Behind every spirit of fear and intimidation, just let there be freedom. And I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you that this word is not going to return to you void, but it's it's going to accomplish the purpose for which it was set out. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Uh, This is the last message in a series that uh, we've been looking at. Uh, You asked for it. Um, If uh, you don't like the topics that I've shared on, well, that's too bad because you asked for it. So um, uh, we've looked at a a couple of uh, questions so far. How do I forgive someone that's hurt me? Last week, we looked at a similar topic. How do we handle life's hurts? And today I want to look at an important question, uh, which certainly came up in some of the feedback that we had. How can I know the will of God for my life? It's an age-old question that gets asked in every generation. And I think from time to time, we need to just go back to it and be able to look at uh, uh, this this important important, uh, question. How do I know the will of God for my life? How do I discern God's will for my life? One of the things that we believe as Christians is that God has a plan for our life. Can I hear an amen? That we're not just accidents. We're not just kind of like we didn't just, you know, appear. Um, That God has a unique plan for our lives and he guides us step by step towards the fulfillment of that plan. He doesn't just say, I've got a plan for you. Sort it out yourself. I'll see you in a few, I'll see you in heaven. That's not the way God works. The Bible says, Psalm 32 verse 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. This is God speaking to you and me. And he's saying, I'm going to instruct you and I'm going to teach you. 
in the way that you should go. I will counsel you and I will watch over you. The King James says, I'll keep my right eye upon you. Not the left one, eh? Hey, it's the right one. Uh, and uh, God will keep his eye on us. Powerful. It's God who's guiding every step that we take. Revelation says this, these are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. He's the kind of God that opens doors and he's the God that closes doors. The doors that he closes, no one can open. And the doors that he opens, no one can shut. See, I've placed before you an open door. That's all that God can do in our lives. All he can do is place open doors ahead of us. It's then our choice whether we walk through those doors or we choose not to. Psalm 25 says, He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them and teaches them His way. He guides the humble. In other words, He's the God that directs our paths. Proverbs, and I could give you a ton of other scriptures here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. It's a, it's a scripture you should memorize. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. How many people know that's easy to read and not easy to do? In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your paths straight. He'll guide you. He'll lead you. In all your ways, not just in some of them, not just in some of the decisions, but in all of, the, of your ways, um, submit to Him and He will make your path straight. Now, most of us know that God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. And most of us want to please God. We kind of get this understanding. Okay, God, I know that I'm here by divine appointment. And, and certainly, I want to do your will. I don't want to, I don't want to do my own thing. I want to do your will. We, under, we understand the benefits of being in the will of God. We understand the favor that comes upon our lives and the blessing that comes upon our lives when we, when we serve the purposes of God or God's will for our life. The problem is when we're faced with certain decisions, how do you know what to do? When you're faced with decisions like, what shall I study? Should I leave school? Who shall I marry? Should I move to Victoria? <laughs> Not a good idea at this stage. Should we start a family? What school should I send my children to? Should I buy the business? Should I sell the business? And we could go on and on and on. Every day we make hundreds of decisions. And, you know, in life we make some really important decisions. How do we know what to do? How do I know what the will of God is for this decision? I, I get that God has a plan for my life. I know that His plan is good. But, but how do I make a decision in my life today? Now, what some of us would like is the God's Will app. Download it from Apple. Or Samsung, whatever you got. And wouldn't it be nice if you had an app? You know, you type in a question, you know, Lord, what shall I do? Yes or no? You get an answer back immediately. No, yes. Wouldn't that be cool? Come on, church. Come on, that would be cool. And I'm going to kind of make a bold statement here. I don't know if it's going to work or not. I'm saying a few different things today. But I want to say that you can have that as a believer. I'm actually going to tell you that, it, that that kind of thing is actually possible as a believer. And I'm, I pray that this thought today uh, is going to show you how. It's going to show us how. Um, 
A few weeks ago, we heard the story of Pastor Scarallo, who was one of the founding pastors of our church. I don't know about you, I was blessed with a particular aspect of his story that, you know, there was a time in his life where he wants to be a missionary, so he goes to, you know, how, how, how did God bring this, this person who wanted to be, this, this couple that wanted to be used by God, how, how did God bring them here? Well, I'll tell you how. He goes to the missions department, he says, I want to be a missionary, send me wherever you want. He, there was a sense of call upon his life. Missions director says, go back and pray. And as he's praying, as he's praying for the, for the next two or three months, all, all, the only thought that comes into his mind is Australia. It's, it's God who's beginning to speak to him. He's thinking this is a crazy thought, but, it's, but it's a, it, it can't get away from that thought that, hey, maybe God wants, wants me to be in Australia. So he goes back to the missions director and he says, listen, I, I don't know, it's a crazy thought. I don't even speak English, but, but, but uh, the only thought that comes into my mind, the only country that comes into my mind is Australia. And he says, well, it's interesting that you should say that because we've, we've had some letters from some pastors in Australia that, that are looking for someone to go and we've been praying for a couple of years for someone that would be available to go to Australia. And the rest is history. And the rest is history. How can we experience, the question for me is, how do we experience that kind of guidance? Well, you know, we're praying, we're asking God for His will and, and, and God puts certain things on our heart and then, and then it kind of all seems to fit together. How can we experience that kind of guidance in our life? Is it even possible? So what I want to do today is first set a foundation for knowing the will of God. And then I want to give you one big thought on how to discern the will of God. And my prayer for all of us is Paul's prayer to the Colossian church. That God will fill us with the knowledge of his will. How powerful that is. That God would fill us with the knowledge of his will. It's not my will, it's your will, Lord God, that I want. With all, through, with all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So if we're going to know the will of God for our lives, first, there are some prerequisites, foundational principles that we need to understand. The Bible speaks about three aspects regarding the will of God. In other words, what, what, what we're interested in is, okay, God, I need to know A or B, left or right, which one it is. Well, before we answer that question, we need to understand some foundational principles, foundational concepts regarding the will of God. And the first aspect is the sovereign will of God. You can write that down in your notes. Sovereign will of God is the will of God that is going to take place no matter what. The word sovereign means supreme in power without equal, superior in position to all others. God's sovereign will is God's plan which controls the outcome of all matters in the universe. Nothing can change the sovereign will of God. If God says it's going to happen, it will happen. If God says it's going to happen, when Jesus was to come to earth, there was a date that was appointed for Jesus to come to earth. Jesus was going to come to earth no matter what happened. There's a day when Jesus shall return. Can I hear an amen? That date has been set. Jesus will return on that particular day, irrespective of what we think or don't. Proverbs says this, the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. The lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. The lot was a way of making decisions like drawing straws or flipping a coin. And the Bible is saying you can flip a coin, but ultimately every decision is from God. 
I mean, we can go to the polls and and vote for the next prime minister, but ultimately Jesus or God decides who the next prime minister is going to be. It's an understanding that God is in control, that God is sovereign, that God is above all, that He's all-knowing. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. Nothing catches God by surprise. He's bigger than you and me. He can lead and He can guide and He can direct according to His purposes. What we need to do is submit to the sovereign will of God. Uh, this is a, it's a powerful thought and it's a powerful principle that we need to understand that God is sovereign. Our lives are in His hands. Some people, you know, one of, the, one of the greatest, no, actually it's the second, second greatest fear in people's life is death. The first, the greatest fear that people have is public speaking, you know. Second greatest fear is death. People are afraid of dying. And, and you know, who knows when it's going to happen, what's going to happen, whatever. But if we understand that God is sovereign and that all the days of our life have been written in the book of life, then we rest in the knowledge that God is in control and that God is sovereign and that nothing, nothing, no one can change the purposes of God for my life and for your life. Now, the principle here is really simple. I need to understand that God has created me that he's got a plan for my life. I know that it's a good plan. And so I choose to submit to his plan for my life. This is an important principle. It's, a, it's quite profound and actually it's quite important. We, when it comes to knowing the will of God, we want it left or right. Actually, it begins here. And this is probably one of the most important principles when it comes to understanding the will of God for our life. I choose to submit to the sovereign will of God. I choose to submit the purposes and plans of God for my life. Now, here's where we have a problem. Some people say, well, I don't know if I want God to tell me what to do with my life. I actually want to tell God what I want to do. So often when it comes to the will of God, what we want to do is God, we want to tell God, Lord, this is what I want. Would you please bless it? And it doesn't work like that. Understanding that God is sovereign and that God has a plan and a purpose for my life, I choose to submit to the will of God no matter what it is because I know that God loves me and He has a plan for my life and it's a good plan. Some people are scared that if they submit to God, then He's going to make them miserable. Pastor Joe, that's going to be tough. If I, if I submit to God, if I, if I give my life to God, He's going to make me miserable. Well, you think like that because you don't know who God is. Because once you get an understanding of who God is, you'll know that if you pursue pursue your will, you're going to be miserable. But if if you pursue God's will, then your life is going to be filled with blessing and favour. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord. One of the kind of foundational principles of my life. It's delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. It might not be exactly the way you think it should be or what you, should, what you want to do. But I want to tell you, if you put God first, delight yourself in God and He will give you the desires of your heart. And seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. There's been plenty of times in my life where I've told God what I want and what I want Him to bless. And I don't know how many times I've hit the wall, you know. But after about the 20th time, you kind of think, you know what, maybe I should ask God first before I head in this direction. 
I want, I want you to know that God wants to give you the desires of your heart. He wants to fulfill the deep desires of your heart. It might not be the way you think it should be fulfilled, but that's what He wants to do for your life. God's will for your life is that He would bless you, that He would, that he would pour out His favour upon you. He doesn't want you to be in a job where you're miserable. He doesn't want you to be married to someone that makes you miserable. He doesn't want, that's not His plan for your life. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. He knows you better than you know yourself. He created you for such a time as this. And so understanding that principle, the first step to discerning the will of God is to get to a place where we say, you know, I don't know what's best for me, so I trust you, I choose to trust you. And I surrender my life to you. I just, I just want to do your will above all else. Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus often said as he walked the earth, you know, very God, very man. Often he would say, Jesus would say, I haven't come to do my will. I've come to do my Father's will. And it's an attitude of the heart. It's an understanding of, 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 of a life. It's a life principle. God, I understand, Lord God, that you know what's best and that you know you can see not only next year, but you can see in five and 10, 15 and 20 years time and 40 years, you can see my whole life. And you know what's best for me, Lord God. I choose to submit and surrender to you. When we accept Jesus Christ as our, uh, as our Lord and Savior, we say we want him to be our Lord and our Saviour. Saviour means forgiveness of sin, but Lord means I want you to be the, in the driver's seat of my car. I don't like anybody else driving my car. <laughs> I like to drive my own car when I'm in my car. <laughs> and we get to a stage in our life where we say, you know what, God? I think you know what's best. Because if we drive our own life, if we're the driver in our own life, we'll only go where we've always been, doing what we've always done, around the block. But if we let him drive, he'll take us places we only dreamed of going. And understand, it's a principle where you understand, you know what, God, I think you know what's best for me, so I surrender to your will. Pastor Joe, I don't want to hear about that. I want to hear about how do I decide left or right, you know, black or white. Which, that's not what I, no, here's where it begins. It begins right here. Second aspect of God's will we need to understand is the moral will of God. This is still foundational. Moral will of God is God's will for every believer and it's contained in his word. David said, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Some people ask the question, how can I know the will of God? Simple, it's written in the Word. 95% of the will of God for you and me is declared within the context of the Scriptures. Your Word is a lamp for my feet. What does that mean? It means that it's a light that helps us to see the direction that we need to go in. It's a lamp to your feet. It's a light to your path. For example, it's, you've heard me say this kind of stuff before. It's never, it's never the will of God for you to cheat. It's never the will of God for you to lie. To have premarital sex, to be harsh with your spouse. Bible says that's outside of the moral will of God. You don't need an angel to speak to you about it. You don't need to pray and fast about it. Just sensing, just waiting for a word. Cheat or not cheat, lie or not lie. 
When the Bible says don't lie, it's the black ones and the white ones and the gray ones and the ones all in between. The Bible says that's outside of the moral will of God. You don't need an angel to speak to you. The Bible's clear. The Bible says all scripture is inspired by God and it's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. It's what we're after. We're after the good work. And that represents being in the place where God wants us to be. How do we know? All scripture is as the breath of God. And the word itself encourages us, inspires us. It it corrects us and it prepares us to do that which God has called us to do. Everything God wants us to do is revealed in scripture. The things that are written in his word are boundaries that will help you live a great life. And as long as you live within the boundaries of scripture, you'll experience life in abundance by the grace of God. God's first priority for your life is not about who or what or where. It's about being. It's about being. The Word of God teaches us who to be. It's about character. It's about attitude. It's about being like Jesus. That's that's what God's Word helps us to do. It helps us to become more and more like Jesus. And God says, if you will be the kind of person that I want you to be like Jesus, then you'll go where I want you to go and you will do what I want you to do. John MacArthur said this, the will of God is not primarily a place. The will of God is not, first of all, for you to go here or work there. The will of God concerns you as a person. If you are the right you, you can follow your desires and you will fulfill the will of God. One person put it this way, love God and do whatever you want. It's love God and do whatever you want. And by loving God, it doesn't mean, oh, God, I just love you. Okay, I can do whatever I want. Now, if you truly love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength, the only things you're going to do are the things that please the Father. And if, and if the Word of God says no, then we say no. If the Word of God says yes, then we say yes. We, we allow the Word of God to be a guide for our life. It's love God with all of your heart, soul, mind and strength. Some people say, well, if God is sovereign and we can't change anything that God has already established, then why pray? What difference is that going to make? Why even ask God? I mean, he's going to do what he's going to do. Bible says this, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. In other words, there are some things that belong to God and we need to leave that to him. If we knew the sovereign will of God, then we would be God. He is sovereign. Our responsibility is not to know the sovereign will of God. It's to submit to it. And the verse continues and says, but the things revealed belong to us. The secret things belong to God. The things revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may follow all the words of his law. There are some things that have been revealed to us and we need to take responsibility for that. No, we want to take responsibility for the sovereign will of God. Don't worry about the Bible. Just, I'm, I'm just concerned in the... So- no, God says, leave that one to me. You worry about what's been revealed to you and me and we need to obey that. We submit to the sovereign will of God and we obey the moral will of God. And that, man, that's, a, that's an amazing foundation just there. Right, right there, we've, we've already covered, man, a lot of ground. We're submitting to the sovereign will of God. If your presence doesn't go with me, I don't want to go there, God. I don't want to go anywhere where you don't want to go, Lord God. I'm, I, I, whatever it is you want me to do, Lord God, I'm willing to do. And we obey the moral will of God. 
We live a life as much as we can, you know, in consistent with the, with, with the principles of God's word. That means occasionally we will sin. Occasionally we will do something wrong. Um, it's, it's not demanding perfection, but what we're saying, God, by the grace of God, I'm going to be and do everything that God has called me to do. And the third aspect of God's will is the individual will of God. And God has a unique plan and a unique purpose for our life. God said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I want you to know today, I don't, I don't know what the conditions of your birth were, but I want you to know that this is the word of the Lord to you and to me. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. I appointed you. That was Jeremiah, but God has appointed you to do a particular task here on earth. If there's no task here on earth for you, then God would not have created you. When it comes to the individual of God, we're called to discern his will. And the more we submit to the sovereign will of God, which is an attitude of the heart, the more we obey and live by the moral will of God. God, by the grace of God, I'm going I'm to read your word. I'm going to study your word. I'm going I'm to allow the word to speak to me. By your grace, I'm going to do everything I can to live a life which is consistent with the teachings of your word. The more we do that, the better we'll be able to discern the personal will of God. So it kind of brings us to the next question. Well, then how do we discern the individual will of God? So I want to share one key principle that comes out of our text uh, uh, in relation to this. Um, you know the story. Paul is a persecutor of the church. He's on the way to Damascus to persecute Christians. On the way he's blinded, he has an encounter with Christ. And he's told to go to a home in Damascus and wait for further instructions. It's just a very simple principle in here that I, I, I pray that will speak to us today. Bible tells us in the meantime, Ananias is, is available to be used by God. And so God speaks to him and says to Ananias, he says, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man named, uh, from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Now, Notice how specific the instructions to Ananias were. Just, just, just stop for a second and just understand. Here's Ananias. He's open to God. God speaks to him. Notice the instruction. Go to the house of, of uh, where is it? Go to the house of Judas. Now, you know, he, he names the person. It's, it's go to the house of Judas on Anger Street, <laughs> on Straight Street. Ask for a man from... I mean, he tells us where he's from. He tells us his name. He tells us the name of the house where he was supposed to go. He tells us the street. He tells us everything. And this guy, he's praying. And I want you to pray for him. And he will receive his sight. That's an amazing scripture. I'm kind of, kind of going to sit there for just a little bit. Because this is in the Bible. And this is a principle of scripture. This is possible in the world. You know, we're living in, you know, I think about Moses. Moses used to go into the tent of meeting where he would, he would meet with God. And the Bible says he, God would talk to him like he talks to another man. That was pre-Holy Spirit. Key to discerning the individual will of God is learning to hear the voice of Jesus. 
The will of God is connected to the voice of Jesus. If we don't know how to hear the voice of Jesus, we're never going to know the will of God. Louis Giglio says this, the will of God comes from the voice of Jesus to the people that are connected to him. I know that's not what you wanted to hear this morning. I, I know you wanted three steps, four steps, click here, push this lever and push the other lever and then you're done. But this is a principle of scripture. Henry Blackby says, there are a few truths in scripture uh, more exciting than this. God speaks to his people. The same God who created the universe with a word now speaks to us. Isaiah says this, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Some people are worried, what if I make a wrong decision? What if I get it wrong? If you submit to God, desire to do His will and obey the moral will of God, then cultivate your primary mission in life, which is to develop intimacy with God. It's to know God, hear the voice of God, sense His presence. Then it doesn't matter, Isaiah says, if you turn to the right or to the left, because from behind you, you're going to hear a voice that says, this is the way, walk ye in it. Key to discerning the will of God is learning to hear the voice of Jesus. It's learning to hear the voice of Jesus. We want the shortcuts. I'm a shortcuts man. You're looking at shortcut king here. Shortcuts king. <laughs> I love shortcuts. I love the easy way. What's the easy way? I'm doing a job. I'm always thinking, what's the easy way here? And when it comes to the will of God, I'm, I'm always looking for the easy way. What's the easiest way for me to discern the will of God, to find out what the will of God is? There is no easy way. <laughs> Greatest way is connected to our relationship with God. Because above all else, my relationship with God is not about do I go left or right Yes or no, my relationship with God is primarily about my relationship with God. The direction is secondary to my relationship with God. It's love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. It's not love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength so that you can know what you need to do in your life. That's a conditional relationship. It's I'll do this for you if you do this for me. No, I love God, period, full stop, that's it. My command, I love God, I want to get to know God. I want to know, He wants to get to know you. He wants to have a relationship with you and with me. Jesus said, my sheep listen, man, it's quiet in here this morning. You're making me nervous. My sheep listen to my voice. Listen, listen carefully. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Je Jesus said, my sheep, they hear my voice and they follow me. Problem with us is we're living in such a fast-paced society. We don't have time to learn to hear the voice of the Spirit. There's a, there's a really interesting scripture. I'm running out of time. In Proverbs, it says this, do not answer a fool according to his folly or you yourself will be just like him. Proverbs 26.4. Proverbs 26.5, you ready? Answer a fool according to his folly or he will be wise in his own eyes. Wait, 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 wait a minute. I'll reread them again because I read them fast. Verse four says, do not answer a fool according to his folly or you yourself will be just like him. Verse 5, answer a fool according to his folly or he'll be wise in his own eyes. How many people are confused? 
well, which one is it? Do I answer or don't I answer? <laughs> here's, the, here's the reality. My life group knows the answer to this, by the way, because they... And they got the answer straight away. They're an amazing life group. They've got, they got an amazing teacher. Anyway, uh, it's not true. <laughs> this is a revelation to me. The reality is, listen carefully, there are times where you do and there are times where you don't answer. And the only way that you're going to know which to do is by hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because our faith was always meant to be lived in the context of an intimate relationship with God, where we worship God, where we spend time with God, where we speak to God, which is prayer, and God speaks back to us. And once you've learned to hear the voice of Jesus, you're going to be able to go into his presence, say, Lord, I don't know what, so Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, should I take this job or not? Should I send my son to the party or not? Lord, is this the right person for me or not? You will hear his response with clarity because you've learned to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. God doesn't just want to be our consultant and our counselor. He wants to have a relationship with you and me. And he says to you and me, listen, I got plans for you. They're good plans, plans to prosper you. That's Jeremiah 29, 11. That's awesome. How can I find out what it is? Read the next verse. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do know. That's not the next verse. The next verse does talk about prayer. But this is Jeremiah 33, 3. It says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable. This is the heart of God. This is the spirit of God for you and me. He's saying, ask me, call to me, and I will tell you stuff that you don't know. Well, this, of course, raises another question for us, which is another sermon. But let me, let me throw this at you really quickly. How can I hear the voice of the spirit? All right, so if the will of God is first submitting to God, uh, obeying the moral will of God, learning to discern the will of God. I learn to discern the will of God by hearing the voice of Jesus. Okay, well then, how do I learn to hear the voice of God? So let me just throw, I think I've got six things at you. These are not in your notes. You'll be able to get them off the podcast a bit later. First thing is we need to understand that God wants to speak to us. You need to believe that. Actually, God wants to speak to me. Some of you are saying, Pastor Joe, you're the pastor, and I get it. You know, he's got to talk to you because I hope he's talking to you because if he's not talking to you, then we're in trouble. You know, uh, but he only talks to people like, no, he doesn't. That's silly. That's not true. That's a that's fallacy. That's a lie. That's a lie from the devil. God wants to speak to you. We need to understand that God speaks to all of us. He wants to speak to us. His desire above all else is to have a relationship with you and me. It's intimacy with God. It's closeness with God. It's deep friendship with God. That's what God wants for you and me. Number two, you need to learn to hear the voice of the Spirit. The Bible says of young Samuel that God called him and he thought it was Eli. So he runs to Eli. The Bible says, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. It's like many of us. He hears a voice, but he doesn't know that that's the voice of God speaking to him. And that's like all of us. So Eli teaches him and he says, well, that's God speaking to you. Learning to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit is something you learn. It's like everything that we do in life. Everything that's significant in life is something that you learn. You, you take on a new job and, and for the first three, three months, you feel like a deal. You feel like, man, what a, I should have stayed where I was. You know, what a, what a deal. Why did I take this new job? It takes time to learn a skill and a task. 
But we are so impatient. We never take the time to learn, to hear the voice of... Samuel had to learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. We can learn too. Number three, position yourself to hear the voice of the Spirit. The Bible says... The Lord came and stood there calling us at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. We need to position ourselves to hear the voice of the Spirit. Say, Lord, I just want to hear your voice. Lord, I'm not really good at this. I'll get it wrong 99% of the time, Lord God, but I want to grow. I want to learn. Would you teach me? Would you teach me how to hear your voice, Lord God? God speaks to us in so many ways. Our ears just need to get open, be open to hear the voice of the Spirit. God speaks through His Word. He speaks through His Word. There's the rhema word. God speaks through circumstances. God speaks by that small, still voice of the Holy Spirit. God speaks through people, through a message at church, through a leader, a parent, a spouse, through a song, and He and, and can speak to us in so many different ways. The key is to have an ear which is open to hear the voice of the Spirit. Number four, get your heart right with God. Get your heart right with God. Get your heart right with God. You've heard me say many, many times, you know, uh, you know, spend time in prayer, going to prayer, and it feels like there's a ceiling in, in, in the room. I'll say, okay, time out here, God. What's happened? Because something's happened. It's like any relationship. If I want to have a, 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 a deep uh, um, conversation with my wife, you know, it's about the relationship. How many people know you can't have a DNM if there's a bit of conflict in the relationship? It's very quiet in here. <laughs> must, have, must have been a few on the way to church this morning. <laughs> well, you know, and, and, and you discern that. So one of the things we need to do is, 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 is get our relationship right with God. Let's confess our sin to God. Let's live to please God. Can't be getting drunk on a Saturday night and expect to hear the voice of the Lord on Sunday. Number three, number five, we need to remove the noise. It's another story Elijah's, of Elijah. Elijah's in a mess and God wants to speak to him. And there's an earthquake and God is not in the earthquake. And there's a fire and God is not in the fire. And there's a wind, but God is not in the wind. And then there's a small gentle whisper. And God begins to speak to him about his future. thing about a, a whisper is you can never hear someone's whisper unless you're close to them and we will never hear the whispers of God unless we are close to God where am I up to did I say number five remove the noise I think I said number six get close to God the only way you can hear the whispers of God is get close to him you got to hear a whisper you got to get rid of the noise find a place where it's just you and God get rid of all the noise Pastor Joe I just like to you know I'm a, I'm a multitasker well don't multitask just just get rid of all of the noise around you so it's just you and God find a place and still your spirit be still and know that I am God still your spirit and learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit get close to God and number Sorry, let me give you this other one. Missionary Rosalind Rinker once said to God, said of God, he is always conscious of us, but we need to focus our attention and our consciousness upon him. And then he can whisper to us the plans he has for us. Number five, remove the noise. Number six, get close to God. And number seven, be willing to submit the word to the greater body of Christ. In other words, the word needs to be tested. Just because you've got a thought, or just because you've got an impression, it doesn't necessarily mean it's God. 
It needs to be tested. Always leave room within, within yourself to say, well, I had this word or I had this thought, but it needs to be tested to see whether really God is in it. And God provides the house of God to test impressions and, and so many other tests which we could talk about it in another time. Discerning the will of God for your life is not about a method. It's in a relationship. Build your relationship with Christ and let him lead you. Invite Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. And when you do, your spirit comes alive. Um, there are some of you today in the valley of indecision. And my heart goes to you. I've been there many, 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 many times. What do I do? don't know what I should do here. Um, I pray that God will guide you. And I pray that God will speak to you. Because God promises, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. And I will counsel you and watch over you. Just a recap. Number one, we submit to the will of God, to the sovereign will of God. Lord, I just want to do your will. We obey the moral will of God. We learn to discern the individual will of God by learning to hear the voice of God. How do we do that? I gave you some steps. But above all else, open up your heart to hear the voice of the Spirit. Revelation says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. God wants to speak to you and me. It's more about us opening our ears to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I, I, I can tell you that there is no greater uh, walk with God than to be able to be in relationship with God. Where God guides and leads and directs. We face so many things in our lives so many tough decisions and we can do it with our own mind and with our own heart or we can submit those to God and say God what do you think what do you think I should do Lord God Lord I don't know I'm feeling really I'm sick of my job I hate it you know I want to leave but before we make a decision we say Lord what do you think I should do and try to discern what the Holy Spirit is saying to us now I know there's a lot more to it and you know maybe there's another three sermons here we might do a series a bit later on but, but just understand the principles of what I'm saying here God wants to speak to you He doesn't just speak to the clergy He speaks to all of us who have an, a spirit that is open who have ears that are open to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit who, people who will take the time to learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit God wants to speak to you and maybe there are some people here today, you're facing a major decision and you don't know what to do. Can I just encourage you to pray? Pastor Joe, by, by, by your sermon here, it sounds like I got, it's going to take me one year to consecrate myself and then get my life in order. And then by the time I learn, you know, I'm a year away from making a decision. Not so. It's one second. It's a simple prayer that says, Lord, I want you to know, you've heard all my thoughts. I'm just going to submit to your will. And Lord, if search me, O oh God, and know my heart. See if there's any offensive way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. Lord, if there's something needs to change here, I'm in. That's the first two done. And then just find a place to just learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Begin to worship God. Begin to glorify God. And watch how He speaks. Sometimes, you know, it can be a place. It can be speak through the Word. Sometimes as we fast about decisions, we hear... God speak to us in some particular way. But when you hear the voice of the Spirit, you will know that it's God speaking to you. You will know. And you will never be the same again. Would you stand with me? So Father, I just...
pray for this congregation here today. I thank you for these principles, Lord God. I've said so many things today, Lord God. I just pray that as we leave this place, that we're going to pick up the important principles, the things that we need to act on. We love you so much, Lord God. Love you so much, Lord God. And I thank you that you do have a plan for all of us. And I thank you that you're the God that speaks. And you're the God that wants to be in relationship with us. So be glorified today. I just pray for every individual here. I pray this word, Father God, is not just going to be, oh, that's a good sermon. I just pray that this will become a revelation in people's hearts, that Father is going to change the way they live, Lord God. That this word will bring fruit for your glory, Lord God. That decisions will come out of this word, Lord God, that will change our eternal destinies because we dared to hear the voice of the Spirit. Love you so much, Lord God. We thank you and ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. As always, uh, some of us are here at the front. We'd love to pray with you if you have a need. The rest, God bless you.